Welcome back to the channel, guys. Appreciate you for coming back and giving a listen to some stuff I want to talk about. Uh, like I said in my last entry, I did want to kind of start drifting away from all of the comic book stuff. Uh, I know we had uh, Winter Soldier just come out. I'm not gonna... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I should say. And I haven't started that yet. I'm gonna wait till a couple of episodes build up and then I'm gonna binge it. Uh, I've already talked about WandaVision. I've talked about... The Schneider Cut, which I've been so excited about, so now we're going to move on and we're going to talk about some other things, kind of let the channel dive more into what I actually want the channel to be about and not just revolving around comic book movies and television shows. Uh, but it isn't just about movies, it is also about television shows, and the show I wanted to talk about today um, is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Now, this show just had its last season air... Uh, when did the last season air? I want to say it premiered... Late December of last year, and I'm pretty sure most people have watched it who are fans of it, who have been watching it since uh, it started uh, two years ago, which is funny because it's only two years old, and it was four seasons deep, and it just ended, which I don't say is a good or a bad thing. I do feel that sometimes a show will end prematurely, especially when people don't want it to end. And it has a huge fan base, and it is widely popular. I feel like most of the time they'll end it, because if they keep it going, you're probably not going to get too many good stories out of it. And you don't want to make shitty television. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know there's a lot of people who will talk about how this season of Supernatural isn't good, or this season of The Sopranos doesn't match up with the other season of Sopranos, or this season of Dexter didn't make any sense, and let's not talk about the last season of Game of Thrones, but of course this is all these are all shows that were prolonged shows because they were very popularized. You know, Dexter probably went on a lot longer than a lot of people think or, or agree with. Maybe it didn't go on long enough. I know I've heard rumors... They're coming out with another season, which is an exact sequel, kind of following the Dexter character so many years after the fact. I've never actually watched Dexter, so I can't talk about like the show in itself. I'm just using it as an example of shows that I know I've heard people talk highly of, but also talk badly about certain aspects of different portions of the show. And the thing with Sabrina is that it wasn't long. It's... It's a Netflix original, it wasn't long, and it's technically four seasons, but technically only two, which is weird because it's listed to being in four parts, and a total of, I believe, um, if my numbers are correct, I think it's like 35 chapters, so it's like the entire story is like, okay, we wanted to actually make a movie, but we can't make this movie a trilogy, let's just spread it all out really get all of the storyline we want to get, and make 30-some-odd episodes of a television show. That's kind of the feeling I get, especially when you look at how each season uh, came out every six months. So every year, 2018 had two seasons, including a Christmas special, weirdly enough. Um, the first season was ten episodes, second season was nine, and then the second season, or the third part of the story didn't come out until January of the next year, being last year, and then in December of last year, the final season aired, and both of those seasons were only eight episodes apiece. So, it's not long, 
Uh, the episodes themselves aren't that long either. I believe they range anywhere from 45 to like an hour and 10 minutes or so. And which, it, if you weren't a person who like understood who Sabrina was or knew about the old um, TGIF night, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch sitcom that was back in the late 90s, you probably won't go into this with too much of an expectation. If you watched it cold, not knowing a single thing, not even knowing that it's actually originally a comic strip, it's up, right up there with um, Archie and um, uh, I believe Riverdale, or the show Riverdale is based on another comic strip that I can't think of the name of, but... It falls in line with those comics, and they all kind of exist together, whatever production company kind of talks about them. And if you knew about none of that and you went into this cold, not only is it still enjoyable, but it's also enjoyable for those people who say... I don't know if you remember back in 2014, I think it was, when we got the premiere of the the really dark and gritty Power Rangers like 10-minute film... And it was really good, and it inspired the idea of the reboot of the Power Rangers, the more adult-orientated Power Rangers that came out two or three years later in 2017. But that's kind of what this is. It's kind of like they're taking these stories and they're realizing that not only were they made out of fun comics from the 80s and 70s, not only were they sitcoms or jokingly portrayed characters, I, I guess I should say, but you can revamp it into a very gritty and very dark storytelling that still lives up to the expectations of what it is you're looking for, being that it's a version of this story, and be more modern, I guess you could say. I don't even know if I want to say modern, because I am a big fan of the idea of the grittier storytelling. We have so many stories already told in a certain light that another perspective isn't bad, especially if it's done well. And I believe The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a good retelling of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is essentially the Sabrina the Teenage Witch is the comical, fun, you know, quirky, you know, she she does a lot of, you know, she the talking cat, again, if you remember it, the talking cat, the funny aunts, the the uh, the overused audience laughter in the background. That's what the other show was. And then you went and you got this show. And it's it's just so it's so much more oomph of what the what you can do with that character. And I feel like it really is should be a show that's looked at, that opens doors into what you could actually do with some of these stories. I'm not saying take Richie Rich and make him, you know, a Bill Gates character. I'm not saying that. I'm saying make it make sense. Make these characters make sense in, to the point of where their story can really go. We're talking about a witch. Like, you could make it fun-loving back in the 90s and it still makes sense. You could have made it fun-loving now and have it still make sense. But when you're talking about that, we also want to see... The other side of that coin. We don't just want to see all of that fun-loving, quirky, you know, magic-y, audience laughter in the background-y fun. We also want, like, what this show gives us. It gives us what it's like, like, if this character was placed in, say, almost a 
a Harry Potter-esque universe. There's a coven. There's a school for witches and wizards. And they really go deep. My, my wife's a Wiccan, so she knows a lot of these things that they bring up. And she says that 90 to 95% of the time, they're accurate to what the real thing is in, like, history, in, in the theology of what the story is taking place on, the, uh, the, the, the Wiccan theology, the mythology, all of those things they get really accurate with. So it's not just about making a fun story, but also making an accurate story, which you could still tell is something that they try to do with this gritty outlook. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different parts of the show that really dive into the, the, the thick portions of the, um, the witch stuff, I'm trying to think of the name, and that's why I keep stumbling over my words. There's a, there's a better name I can give it besides Wiccan, but I just can't think of it right off the top of my head. But for anybody who watched it, and for anybody who is deciding to watch it and is looking for something to binge and was a fan or is even a fan of the grittier kind of reboot that you can give to a show, there's 30-some-odd episodes of this show, and it's very well worth it, especially when you consider that... It really is a door opener to this idea of why can't we get more of this? Why can't we take... So, Sabrina is a more fun-loving comic. But, like, look at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's a very dark comic book. And every iteration of it that's put out into the world is very cartoony. It's very comical. It's not... As far as I know, it's not too much it's like they took the characters and completely washed them through a censoring bath and then took them out and said okay this is what we could market i believe you could still market the idea of a dark teenage mutant ninja turtles and things like the chilling adventures of sabrina is what makes me believe that i feel like you could do more of that if you gave these things the opportunity and i think sabrina kind of brought that to light even more so than a lot of the other storylines that we're getting that kind of portrays that. Sabrina's just one of dozens of shows or movies that are giving us this portrayal of a darker variation of a story that was originally very much lighter, I guess you could say. And I believe the actress, the actress who plays Sabrina, Sabrina is super talented. Uh, I'm going to butcher her name. I, I'm so sorry. Kiernan... Sipka. I'm really going to butcher that name, and I do apologize. But she has been around for a very long time. It's only recently that she's been getting a lot of big-time play, I guess you can say. Uh, she just did a movie two years ago in between the, the the seasons of Sabrina. It was called The Silence. It was very much like um, sort of Quiet Place meets like arachnophobia, but with bats. It was actually very enjoyable. She's done that. She's been um, on a lot of TV shows. She's done a lot of voice acting. She was a voice of a character, uh, actually numerous characters, in The Legend of Korra, the, the sequel to the Avatar The Last Airbender for Nickelodeon. She did voices on that show for two years. A big voice actress, uh, a big voice character she played was Jinora, on the Legend of Korra. So she's been around for a while, and I think she's her popularity is really picking up, and she's very talented, and she does this character very well, and I think that she's she should get more and more uh, opportunities because of 
Sabrina. I think Sabrina has definitely showed what she's capable of, and Silence was good, and she was in Legend of Korra. Like, she's not that much into anything, but Sabrina was very a big deal for her, because this is a four-part show that's on. It's, you know, 30-some-odd episodes, and it really gives you some depth to her character and how she portrays it. It almost is like... They can't do this again. You know how like, they, you feel like they can't do Iron Man again because Tony Stark is Iron Man and it feels weird to do him again? That's how you kind of feel about this. And it's because of this portrayal. It's not like anything we've seen before, especially with how the story goes. I think the show is very much worth it. I appreciated everything the show gave me. I thought it was very fun. I thought the ending... I mean, I don't mean to say it, but... I'm not too big of a fan of the ending, but then again, I also take into consideration most of the filming probably was happening during the first portions of the pandemic. I know there's a lot of issues when it comes to how they can uh, film movies and television shows because of everything that's going on, and they're still trying to make entertainment for people. And I believe that that played a big role in how they can do certain portions of the ending, so I'm not going to give it too much of a bash, but I feel like it could have been a little bit better. There are certain parts of it that I, for one, didn't necessarily appreciate, especially for being so involved from episode one leading all the way to the end. But then again, that's also just my opinion. Some people really like the ending, from what I've read. Most of its ratings still have it up there as being pretty much one of the top-rated shows on Netflix, at least the first year and well into the second year. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 81%, IMDb has it at 7.5, it's liked by 92% Google users. Um, it, 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 to, so many good ratings for the show are out there that it really doesn't matter whether or not I like the ending if the majority likes the ending or not. But... I just, I can't get behind the ending of it. And I think maybe it also is because I just didn't want it to end. And how it ended just kind of was very lackluster for me. And I kind of wanted more. I don't know if we're going to be getting any more. Like if there's any going to be any sort of outcry or anything for more. It does end on a note that doesn't leave it open for more. So I will say that. But it is still a very good story. And it is very much worth sitting through. And you have to go into it thinking that you're watching a 30-hour film. And it's not like, you know, a Schneider four-hour cut. It's literally nothing is in there that feels like bloatware or nonsense material. None of it doesn't make sense. It all makes sense to the grand scheme of the story. And taking out anything wouldn't make it as good. So it is very much worth every single episode and it is, it is a very good story. And I do hope that I'm right in saying that seeing portrayals of characters like this outside of the lighting of what they were originally portrayed as should hopefully be another notch on the totem pole leading up to them seeing, like, these portrayals work. Like, the, the way these stories are being told works. People like it. People want to see it. I hope that... Netflix Netflix has definitely realized it because this isn't the only way they've done this, where they've taken an old story that was either a very cartoonish 
comic strip or a very fun-loving sitcom or even a an old animated cartoon for, you know, Saturday mornings and made it into a bigger, kind of more adult-related show. This isn't, this isn't the only example. They just came out with another show, uh, which I'll do another episode on, called Fate, The Wink Saga, which is basically a fucking... Uh, a reboot, a more adult-related reboot to a, a 2005 cartoon for, you know, that was on the same string of episodes or channels and blocks of time like like a, like Mickey Mouse and, and um, My Little Pony and all those shows. They took a show like that and made it into what the Wink Saga is, what Fate is. And it's really, that really... That show's really good, too. So I know Netflix sees it. I know Netflix can see this being lucrative. And another good example of that, which I'm in the middle of right now, is Black Sails. Black Sails is technically... And that's a show that was on Stars maybe 10 or 12 years ago. A friend of mine just pointed out when I told him I was finally sitting down with it. That's four, four seasons long. It's already over, obviously. But that's a prequel series to Treasure Island. How I portray Treasure Island in my mind is... Friggin' the Muppets and and Tim Curry, you know, it's it's it was meant to be fun. It was meant to be comical. Black Sails is nothing like that. Fate the Wink Saga is nothing like that. And the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is nothing like that. So I do feel that because of shows like Black Sails, even though Black Sails was on Stars and it's no longer airing, they, these are just other examples of that they have to look at and go, you know what, this works. And Sabrina is definitely a show that also proves that. And if you like really dark and uh, more realistic kind of portrayals of these kind of stories, I would definitely give this give this a watch, binge the entire thing, and then just hope that they give us more of something related to this. I don't care what it is, I just want more stories like this, and I want them to know that this is what a lot of fans want. So that's my recommendation, is for you to watch this to prove to them that they can give us darker versions of these stories we all love, because we want them. And if you were a Black Sails fan, if you're a fan of that Winx show um, that came out end of last year, I believe, on Netflix as well, if you're a fan of any of the grittier versions, even if you want the new The Batman that's meant to be coming out with Robert Pattinson... That portrays an even grittier version of anything that Nolan or Schneider or even Michael Keaton has done for that character. So if you want more of these portrayals of these stories, Sabrina is definitely the show to watch and to praise and to put up there on the same pedestal with these shows that are giving us this new portrayal that we're hopefully going to be leading into with other variations of shows or comics or cartoons more darker more more realistic and just more stuff for the people that grew up with them essentially that's what we want we want a different version of what we grew up with because not only will that give us nostalgia but it'll also just give us something more in our adult mind you know something better for what our what what we crave as far as what these stories have given us in the past and what we hope they give us in the future so, if you haven't watched it yet, and again, it's been on for two years, if you're looking to binge something, binge The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I definitely recommend it.